on this episode of Resi Week, adding live chat, nine tips for HDR, and Google's got a new media kit. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 177. More confusion is good. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlas IED, innovative audio solutions for every business environment. And by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation. This is Resi Week, your weekly wrap up for all this news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for AVNation.tv. And today I'm pleased to be joined by my good friend, Heather Sidorowicz. She is the president of Southtown Audio Video uh, in New York. How are you doing, Heather? I am doing just peachy keen. I'll have to make this quick though, Matt, because I have to get home to pack. I know, me too. Uh, I'll do that later tonight. We're, we're headed out for some, some fun meetings, which if you follow our social, you'll probably see why. Uh, then we have Jason Knott. He is the editor-in-chief at CE Pro. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, and I am not heading to Vegas. Neither are we, so <laughs> there you go. Um, let's kick this right off with a story that comes to us from a Residential Systems and our good friend, Henry Clifford. He asks, should you add live chat? Last month, he attended a ProSource Spring Summit in San Antonio, which, Jason, if I remember correctly, you were there too. What's that? Were you at this as well? At ProSource? No, I was not. Oh, just Julie. Okay. Uh, anyways, um, so Henry was at the ProSource Spring Summit and sat down at a, at a roundtable going over some best practices. And it dawned on him that uh, he has not offered live chat. If you don't know what we mean by live chat, when you visit a website down usually in the lower right-hand corner, it pops up with a little bubble and says, hey, Henry's available to chat. And you can type in some questions, arrange something, all kinds of good things. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of ways you can achieve this. For Henry, he went ahead and contacted one Firefly and uh, contracted their lead concierge live chat service, which he found to be fantastic. And he's getting two to three qualified leads in a week, which he seems to think is pretty good for him. So Heather, I want to start off with you on this. Being able to offer live chat is honestly a, a really big thing. It, it should be fairly helpful. It uh, adds that engagement that websites never really have had. Um, is this something that one people should look at given Henry's article? I would assume most people should. Uh, but I think the real question is if you look at this, do you try and do this in-house or do you sub this out? Well, I think that would all depend on your, your technical aspirations. Um, I, I mean, I think that we all need to understand what our wheelhouse is, of course, and, you know, what we're good at, what our magic powers are and play within them. Um, so for me, I would never be able to write that. But, you know, so I would, if I was moving forward with that, I would certainly contract that out. Um, I think we all should try to be more like Henry Clifford. He seems to have his ducks in a row more than most of us, or at least he writes like he does. Um, I've had the opportunity to talk to him and he is, he's amazing. Um, we all, yeah, we all need to be more like Henry Clifford. Um, yeah, so it, I think it's, it's a really interesting proposal, and I think that it's something newer in our industry 
as mm -hmm. well. You know, we're not the Amazons and the Googles and to be able to do that and do it well, I don't see how it could hurt. Well, and I think something that is interesting to note, uh, I've actually looked at this a couple of times for Omega and we just haven't implemented it yet. You can go um, the contracted method through companies like this. There's also WordPress, Squarespace, all kinds of plugins. And there's even ones that connect to your Facebook Messenger. So you can have a live chat that goes straight to your company's Facebook Messenger page. So you put a couple employees on there and they're pretty quickly there. Jason, one of the questions I had for you wasn't directly connected to the live chat side of this, but it's something that he mentioned in here that was um, really, really important. And I, I'm going to quote him. And he said, I've become hyper aware over the last few years of my tendency to come back from conferences with a lengthy list of to-do items only to achieve nothing. Nowadays, I accomplish no, or I try to accomplish no more than three things when coming back from a show. Uh, end quote. Jason, we've all been to these kind of events like, like the ProSource Spring Summit, um, any, any sort of event where they're talking business practices. How much of it how, how often is it information overload where you go to that thing, you take a boatload of notes and you come home and you do nothing with it? How, how do you plan to actually even just get one thing out of those, those, those summits, those conferences, uh, those leadership events and actually implement it into your business? It's hard because, you know, you mentioned you're already still trying to catch up from Infocom, you and Heather both, you know, when you're out there for a week, but I learned this like 30 years ago. I went to a session in the security industry and there was a guy, he started out the session and he said, if you can get two things out of this session, that's all I want you to do. And the, the two things, and he, he actually went through a whole note-taking process where he talked to them about circling it and implementing it. And it's true, you go to these sessions, you'll see sessions titled 67 Great Ways to Improve Your Bottom Line you can't do them all and you get back and, and you don't do any, but you've got to have a system in place when you go to CD Expo, Infocom, any training event to isolate exactly the key things to implement. And if you don't, you know, to a certain extent, you're kind of wasting your time, especially at management oriented uh, mm -hmm. sessions. Very good. All right, gentlemen, let, or ladies and gentlemen, sorry, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me wow. ask yeah. one mention one other thing on the live chat you know we looked into this with ce pro and you're right you can outsource something like this uh you know hopefully you get a company that's u.s based but think about the on-demand economy that we have and the, the the next generation who wants to order things on the internet they don't want to wait for a response if you have something like this, again, you got to crunch the numbers based on the number of leads and the cost per month, all that sort of stuff. But I, I think it can be a really beneficial tool for your website, especially for the next generation coming up. Now, I, I, I'll add a interesting side note to that, if I can. Um, I'll editorialize for a moment. Uh, my wife and I are in the midst of shopping for a car. Stop laughing at me, Heather. Um, so we're shopping for a minivan. And the dealerships that I normally deal with do not sell minivans. So I'm now shopping with multiples. I'm on my phone at 1130 at night, looking through inventories and pricing things and, and trying to get information uh, on these, these, these cars. And it continually is popping up in the bottom corner. Kelly's available to chat. Marcus is available to chat. Omar is available to chat. And I hate it. It drives me absolutely nuts. So 
I think it's to, to Jason's point. Yes, there is an on-demand economy who is looking for that. Um, there is also a large portion of people who will potentially be annoyed by that. And I think it's a balance of knowing that, you know, in, in my case, every time I go to a new page on another car, having that pop up again and take over the bottom third of my screen is really annoying. So it it, what you're selling too, right? Are you yes. selling a product, right? So if I'm going to look for a new chandelier, then that might be helpful. But if I'm, if I'm looking for someone to install the TV above my fireplace, I think that it's not necessarily services a bit of a different story um, yeah. because you need a little bit more. So I think that you have to look at your business and again, you know, what are you trying to get out? What's your market? Who are you, well, who is your clientele? Is it millennials? Are you selling a quick product that you can answer that question? They'll buy for you. I think uh, e-commerce is huge, right? Like yeah. anything I've bought online, I, that's something crucial. You know, if you can ask a quick question, but if you're, I'm looking for someone to remodel my kitchen or come out and figure out how you can put audio outside, I think that's, it's a little bit more gray. Very good. All right, let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from CE Pro and David Meyer. Uh, it is nine tips for turning on Dolby Vision. Uh, about 12 years ago, Dolby acquired the company that uh, essentially helped invent HDR high dynamic range. And now we are all tasked with understanding the multiple versions of HDR as well as where they are available. Uh, if you don't know David, he does a lot of work. I believe this is a freelance article that he did for CE Pro, um, but he does a lot of work with Cedia on their HDMI and, and video standards. Long and short, uh, Dolby Vision is a pain in the butt. <laughs> Jason, I, I, I wanted to, to, to ask you a couple of questions. When you, when you look at this, when you go through this, there are, there are nine, nine points in this, and they're all fairly, none of them are fluff. It's all important stuff. It's things like, yes, you may have Netflix that is available in to stream Dolby Vision, but depending on how you're getting Netflix, you may not be able to get it. Your TV may dictate that. Your uh, processor, your AVR may dictate that. Every there's there's so much stuff that goes into this. How do you talk to your how do you talk to your customers about HDR because they see it, they see the commercials. From, from Samsung or Panasonic or Sony or whoever, and they go, oh my gosh, I really, really want this. And then you, as, a, as an integrator, have to go in and have a conversation with them about what it takes to actually get this. And I, I would argue more often than not, situations where you won't be able to get this. H how do you have that conversation? Yeah, I think it's like anything when you get into a technical uh conversation with your customers and you start their eyes start glazing over uh, when you start getting too much detail to me you're right this is a, a pain in the butt but HDMI in general is a pain in the butt and I think that integrators need to come about this the same way when they talk about these solutions if anybody's being asked to break the rules it's integrators they're the ones who are being asked to do these long runs in HDMI that are impossible and all these sorts of things I think you just have to approach it from your customer that you are a problem solver. You are the one who takes all this disparate, um, convoluted, incompatible um, um, technology and puts it together into a seamless package for you. If you get too much into the detail with all the, all the different technologies, you're just going to lose them, glaze their eyes over, and they're not going to know what you're talking about anyway. 
So to me, I would just stick with, we're the problem solvers. This is a new technology. This is something that you're going to love. This is the difference maker in, uh, in 4K and, and um, television today. It's the most beautiful thing out there. We're the ones who can bring it to you and nobody else can. Very good. Heather, hearing what Jason said, when you look at this, when, when you approach this with a client, is this something that you as an integrator want to bring up if they do not? Or do you, leave, do you kind of leave it alone, again, knowing that things that most people expect and, and the thing that caught my eye that I had not thought about was the on-screen display, right? The OSD from your receiver isn't going to work if you're running HDR, if you're running Dolby. So is this something that you bring up? Is this something that you just kind of gloss over if they don't ask for it and you kind of turn it on when you can? So let me ask you a question. How many people, how many of your clients have asked you for it? Mine? Yes. Um, percentage wise or uh, number? actual numbers? <laughs> Probably 10. 10 ever? I would say yeah. zero. I, we've yeah. never been asked. So I think that this is something sometimes we talk about as an industry that even the client just isn't aware of, doesn't understand. Um, you know, so we, we're not maybe doing a great job of what that is as from an industry perspective. I mean, so many people don't even understand the difference between 4K yet and even how to access 4K. And so that's usually our go-to story of explaining that piece of it. And then maybe it's, ice, it's, it's the icing on top of the cake to be able to add some of these features. But no, I'm not, um, I'm not presenting it because it's only gonna add confusion. And when they walk out more confused than when they walked in, I feel like we're failing as opposed to succeeding. Very good. Let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from TechCrunch. And you're probably going to ask why we're talking about this, and I'll explain it in a minute. Uh, TechCrunch, Sarah Perez, Google's new media literacy program teaches kids how to spot disinformation and fake news. Uh, Google announced this morning that it's expanding its two-year-old digital safety and citizenship curriculum for children uh, titled The Internet Awesome. It goes through a lot of different things uh, as far as how to be safe on the interwebs, including in the case of these new things, um, how to spot things like fake URLs uh, and, and other things. Heather, I, I want to start off with you. And, you know, again, this is one of those things that you might look at this and say, why are we talking about this on Resi Week? This has nothing to do with TVs, receivers, you know, Alexa. It has to do with everything. It has to do with all of it. Right? Like it really, really has to do with all of it because how many people have come to you and said, you know, well, I read this review, so therefore I know more than you do. Um, you know, I Googled something for 15 minutes and what they don't realize is that was completely paid for or that reviewer got it for free or that there's so much more out, out there. And, and it's, it's, a, it's an epidemic. Um, with my own children, I'm trying to teach them Actually, we just had this conversation last week that when they're doing term papers, how to spot what an ad is. I feel bad because I feel like we broke the internet. We had this ability to find out anything in the world, and then we made it something you could pay for that would get your information up there. And now, now grown-ups, baby boomers, you know, how many things have you seen on Facebook that their people are reading as truth? So I think this is this is extremely important in all facets of the world. Just like we get a driver's license, I think we should have to watch this before anyone can go on the internet. And, and I would argue that part of the reason why this is so important to us in the, this industry is to quote uh, our friend Rich Fragosa, 
we are, we are the digital concierge for the majority of our clients. They, they don't just call us about their media rooms or their, their smart home. They call us about their cell phone, about, you know, a virus that they got in their computer half the time. We've become that resource and, and knowing things like this is very helpful. Jason, when you read through this, when you, when you follow what, what Google's doing there, this also hits me as kind of an opportunity. Um, and, and stick with me for a second. But something in this, in the case of a, a lot of integrators where they can go to their clientele and be like, hey, Google's got this program. We're going to help make it available to you by letting you know, because most people don't. And just kind of have a value add. Is this one of those things that we as, we as an industry who understands the, techni the technical side of this more than probably anyone else in our customers' lives, is this the type of thing that we can use as a, not, not a, um, like a volunteer type piece, but just one of those added benefits? Hey, we're here to help. This is stuff you can show your kids or your grandmother. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I just point to your earlier comment about going back to Best Buy and that total tech support program for $17 a month, and they signed up over a million people to just be accessible as a phone call away to ask anything about any technology problem that you have in the home, whether you bought it at Best Buy or not. And they're still going to charge you if they send the Geek Squad guy out but for $17 a month, you get access to just call them on the phone and ask them about your cell phone to anything you want. So I think there's an opportunity there. And I think integrators are actually even in a better position to be able to answer those questions for their customers than Best Buy might be. So yeah. this whole AAS, not ASS, but AAS as, as a service is going to happen. And you guys are going to be right in the forefront of it. Very good. Let's uh, kind of shift for a moment over to another Google story. As we wrap up, this comes to us from CNET. Uh, Google has shut down its Nest Smart Home website. You now have to buy your Nest Smart Home products from the Google Store. Heather, let me let me come back to you on this real quick. I don't think this is that big of a deal, minus the fact that we're still kind of up in the air as far as how the Nest... Um, works with Nets program is actually going to flesh out how that's going to transition. Is this something that we need to be aware of? Is, is this again, just one of those situations where Google's made a change. And as long as we can answer that question, when our clients ask it, we're good. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. That was, that was very helpful. Jason. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think it's just a very small piece of a very large story. And so I think, yes, we have to know that it's happening. We have to know that it's existing. We have to, you know, it, it's our job as digital concierge to understand what's happening out there in the industry. But as far as a game changer or I agree with you that it's, it's not something that we have to be overly concerned with. Jason, something that kind of tied into this, that kind of cracked me up this morning. Um, I, I had to stop in a home Depot to pick up some stuff for the guys. Um, that we were, we didn't know we needed. Uh, long and short, walking down towards the electrical aisle out front of their their lighting section, there's a big sign. They're hosting a uh, how to feel secure with Google and Nest products. Is there going to be confusion in the marketplace over over the next you know little bit as they continue this transition from Nest to Google, where clients are going to be confused? 
or is this again much ado about nothing? Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. I think we just got to look at the big picture, which is the broader awareness that this mega company brings to the smart home market and to home automation, and is going to feed you know multiple generations of people wanting to get a technologist into their home, such as such as you and, and Heather. So more confusion is good, right? Sure. Why not? And on that note, let's wrap it up. Uh, Heather, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Southtown AV, where can they do that? Um, to, for fun, let's connect on Twitter. Uh, tech, T-E-C-H underscore Chi, as in balance of life and technology. Um, uh, website, southtownav.com, and uh, just Google me and you'll find me. Very good. Thanks so much for being here. Jason, my friend, if people want to connect with you, learn more about CE Pro, where can they do that? Of course, they can go to cepro.com or you can follow me on Twitter at Jason W. Not. Excellent. Thanks again for being here. Um, for myself, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matthew Scott. But more importantly, please visit aviation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and I ask that you support them as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. 